0: And now, presenting
1: the Star of the Show podcast
0: with your host,
1: Delaney Swift. Hello, friends, loved ones, and stars of the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Star of the Show podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Swift, and today... We have one of my best friends from college. I feel like I say this every time I have a friend on on the podcast, but I'm just lucky. I have a lot of really great friends from like home, from college, and yeah, people have always told me like you have so many friends, and I don't disagree with them. Like I definitely think in years recently i'm starting to be like okay quality over quantity but i can't help it that i have such a group a good group of like girlfriends from growing up and college that are still in my life today like at the end of the day i've always known exactly who those people are and danny is one of them and i'm lucky that she was nice enough to come on the show today so danny and i met each other in freshman year of college we were in the same sorority we became like instant friends freshman year. And we've been friends for 10 years now, which is absolutely insane to say. But uh, Danny and I have been through a lot together. We've been through highs and lows of life, of college, of relationships, of, of life. And most recently, we share an experience in losing a parent. So I wanted to bring Danny on the podcast today to talk about her journey of grieving the loss of her mom, what that experience was like for her, what it's been like the past few months or the past eight months of that journey of healing and of really going through the thick of those emotions and also having to kind of like tune into her gut and her intuition to make other changes in her life so that she could set herself up for, you know, happiness in the future. And while she's definitely at the beginning of her journey, it is she does have a very real and raw perspective because you know, she really is in the thick of it. And I think it's just so brave that she was able to come on the podcast today and talk about this. So hopefully this episode helps whoever is, you know, going through this experience right now or has in the past or maybe knows someone who is going through the, the grief of a loved one. I hope this episode resonates with you and helps you in some way, just makes you feel seen and a little bit more comforted, like you're not alone. So, without further ado, I want to welcome one of my best friends, Danny Dean, to the Star of the Show podcast. Danielle, sister, (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Thank you. My first time ever. I know. I'm so honored. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be doing lots of podcasts in the future as well. One more. When we're rich and famous, yes. businesswoman,
2: <laughs> just ready for the day.
1: <laughs> we're ready. Um, okay, so guys, this is one of my one of my besties, one of my college best friends that I have on the show today. So I wanted to bring Danny on because not only is she one of my best friends for ten years now, which is crazy because we met in twenty thirteen. Yeah, and it's twenty twenty three, which sounds insane, honestly, but like Danny and I have been through a lot of life's highs and lows together and I wanted to bring her on because not only is she like a badass businesswoman and just very driven and passionate about life and like what she does and I feel like she could honestly offer a lot of like career advice as well but she's also undergone like a lot of change and like ups and downs in her life as well and we actually share a very unique I want to say or like unfortunate story and that we've both both lost a parent and Mm -hmm. at a at a younger age so I feel like you know although our situations are a lot different I feel like that's kind of how grief usually goes is like it's not yeah maybe like on paper certain certain aspects of that are similar but the situations can vary and the grief journeys can vary. So if you don't mind just starting us off strong, starting us off <laughs> with a whirlwind. Do you mind sharing a little bit about kind of the journey of grief that you've been on this year? Because it's very, you know, very recent for you, this experience that you've that you've gone through. So what has that grief looked like for you mm-hmm. since you lost your mom?
2: Yeah, and I think before that, something you said. We've talked about this before that's just, I think, so important to remember of anybody going through grief is that it's so personal and unique to each person. Like there's no correct way to grieve or there's no, you know, they have the stages of grief that they talk about and none of those are linear, but even those, they're not consistent across everybody. So there's no way to like categorize it and just losing. So I lost my mom. It's been eight months now, actually, from Saturday, which is crazy oh, that it's been collectively feels like not that long ago. And it feels like a really long time ago. Like, And well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But, the, you know, the, these past eight months have been some of the wildest of my life of highs and lows and change. Um, but. It's it's been such a a journey that I could have never anticipated and I don't think anybody can anticipate when it's somebody that they're, that they lose, it's close to them, whether that's a family member, a friend, a loved one, um, you know, you can do, you can do the work. If it's something that you might know, you know, and our stories are different this way where we, I did know when my mom had cancer that it was terminal and there would be, that she would pass eventually. Um, you still can't really prepare yourself for those feelings so back in april it was april 2nd um my mom passed from cancer she had esophageal cancer um which is unfortunately a really there's no good one (laughs) they all suck but it's a it's a pretty tough way to go um but through, thankfully, through my, my job and the flexibility that they gave me, I was able to be there to help her and take care of her at the end, which is, I think, a whole other topic we might talk about, might not, but it, you know, that's a blessing and a curse <laughs> in some ways. Um, but just that, you know, kind of that initial moment when you, when you lose that person, it, it is very much that denial maybe the wrong term because it's very real but it doesn't sink in for quite a while. Um, And for me, I'm somebody who I like to be busy. I like to be working and going and being nonstop. And that is kind of what, right away, I dove right into that instead of really taking a moment to even pause, like I'm talking the next morning, my aunt and I sat down at the kitchen table and we tried to plan an extensive funeral. And I mean, it had been hours. and. We were, we were going, we were calling, we were trying to make arrangements and just moving nonstop. And at one point, and things weren't working out cause it was right around Easter. And at one point I just stopped and stopped her and started bawling and being like, what can I curse? Yeah. I don't know why I asked that. Go for it. What the fuck are we doing right now? <laughs> why the hell are we trying to get all of this done in 24 hours? Like." This is crazy. And I knew why, because that's what we were used to. We were in this pretty much like survival mode for the past week. And I mean, not only that week, but for like a little while before that, just because of how her health was um, declining and we were primary caretakers. So it was having to kind of break from that cycle of constantly moving to kind of avoid those feelings was hard. And it's hard to. To sit in it, um, and I th- I think that's when the real, I guess you can say that when the real grief kind of begins,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I don't know if it ever ends. You know, people. I don't think it. I don't think it does. I don't think it that's does either. Okay. Um, but it's you know you learn eventually to kind of live with it and look at, at it differently. And again, it's been eight months, so I'm no expert here, but just talking about like I've learned a lot and gone through a lot. So it's that I really struggled with allowing myself to feel those feelings and be vulnerable. And I would just kind of unintentionally block things out with my grief. Um, Because when I would have those moments where I would really let it all kind of wash over me, it's in the earlier stages, it's just like debilitating. It's- to be you know the hard truth of it it's it's really it's a feeling unlike anything anybody can ever experience until you go through it and yeah damn I remember us talking d like early on I think I was driving back from Indy where my mom lived when I called you and I just broke down I'm on the highway like sobbing like I should probably
1: pull over Which I'm like kind of mad that you were even driving by yourself the next day anyways I know yeah. you couldn't you really have much of a choice but that's that just you know I feel like wasn't safe probably uh, probably not (laughs) but
2: (laughs) we got home fine and there was no but it was just like that kind of in that moment where I did not have any distractions I just had to kind of like be there by myself driving that was when a lot of it did hit me of like the realization of it or like the how deeply you miss that person yeah and it yeah. sucks like there's no way around it 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 fucking sucks it does some of the i think some of the best advice you've given me and my therapist has given me that really was one and the same um or two in the same was that i'll backpedal a little bit but I have always been somebody who I consider myself a very strong person. Um, I consider you the same way. And I almost saw strength as like, no, you have everything pulled together.
0: Don't show show feelings. Yeah.
2: You're, you're hard. You're not, yeah, you're, you're hard. You're tough. Like I, that doesn't face me. I can get over that. I can get over that person. I can do whatever, like I can do anything. But through this grief and through these, you know, just really knowing myself so much more over this past year than I ever have in my life, I've really understood that the real strength is in being vulnerable
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: being honest with yourself about your feelings, with others around you, and not trying to just come off as strong and push it all down because yeah. we all know it's not staying down there it's not no. it'll come out in one way or another and yeah. the real strength is being able to lean on other people and say like hey i'm not okay and here's what i'm feeling and i still struggle with that
1: yeah. i
2: still do but i'm some something i'm really trying to work on because it's it's the better thing to do for yourself um for all of your relationships for the people around you. But I mean, mostly for yourself, which is, you know, that's the big thing you have to focus on. And during this time too, you don't like, people pleasing has gone out the window kind of. <laughs> I'm like, at this point, no, it's, you, you know, you really have to focus on you and your journey and your healing and, you know, I'm in it, I'm deep in it. And some days, like, if you ask me this question, I would burst into tears. Yeah. Unexpectedly. And then some yeah. days I can talk about it like this a little bit more. The, yeah. the pain is still there, but it's just, you know, it's weird how it, it's, yeah. it's so not linear. And that's hard for me being that type of person where I like to see a plan laid out. I like to have a goal that I'm going to reach. And this yeah. is just, I mean, you're up and you're down and you're backwards and you're spinning. And I'm like, what the, what the hell? Like when yes. is this going to make sense, and that's okay. Kind of have to come to that acceptance that it's it doesn't have to, and it's probably not going to. But giving yourself that grace to be vulnerable and to understand that that is the true strength in it, and that's really the only way that you are going to heal um, yeah. or just start healing in your grief.
1: Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I mean, you made so many amazing points, but I feel like like the grief not being linear, like the journey, not being linear is one of the biggest things. And I feel like we hear a lot of people talk about that, but it is really hard to like conceptualize Mm -hmm. because it feels like, okay, well, you know, for example, my dad passed on February 5th, 2015. Right. So like you would think like, okay, here's February 15th on one end of the spectrum. And here's like today's date, December 5th, you know, 2023, you'd think that it's going to be like, okay, as time passes, it's just going to be like a slow incline of, Of growth, of it getting better, of it not hurting anymore, of me not thinking about, like, just as, like, if you train for a marathon or you, you know, you set a goal and you have, like, an end date, like, Mm -hmm. you're working towards something or something is going a certain direction and you're getting better every day. Like, that's not how really anything works in life, especially grief. And I think that's one of the most complex things. And, you know, we're at, like, completely different points in our grieving journey because, you know, your, your mom passed this year. Like, my dad passed eight years ago and I think you know at a point you know this can this used to scare the living shit out of me but like I do feel like at at this point in my life I'm at peace with it like and it's not like I'm like I'm over it like I was literally talking to my mom about this recently and like I feel like I'm at peace with it like I'm at peace but I'm also not like healed or like done grieving like this will be something that I live with forever but I've come to terms with the acceptance that he's not here most days most mm-hmm. days but then sometimes like you know those big events in your life where it's like you know your my college graduation or like you know my wedding one day or kids like and I don't know how we're going to get through this whole episode without like tearing up but <laughs> I, I was like I'm like my nose is already watering um but you know, there are certain points where it's harder and certain points where it's, quote unquote, like, easier. And that's a really jarring experience because, like, I cannot think about him for, like, a certain period of time. And then all of a sudden, just, like, the mention of his name or, like, the mention of something about him or I start to talk about him even in the slightest and I can feel my whole, like, body, like... Wanting to just like convulse and like cry, mm-hmm. so it it really is like you know, so different for everyone, and I feel like the emotions can be all over the place in terms of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and it just like it, it sometimes it doesn't make sense, but that is really the best advice that I feel like I've ever received or that I would ever give is to a- actually feel the feelings because one day that those feelings are going to manifest themselves in a way that you don't want.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and in order to like get over well that was a poor choice of words but in order to like get through anything Mm -hmm. you have to really like go through it and and feel it in its entirety because that's what's ultimately going to leave you feeling like a a more healed version of yourself
2: yeah i think think that's that's spot on because everybody wants a shortcut to get out of this because it's it hurts and it's heavy and like you said it's the the waves um analogy is used a lot and i've found that as i haven't done anything that's more spot on than that um yeah i won't read it but there's this one um i don't even know it's just it's an anonymous person wrote it um just about grief and it was the most a friend of mine sent it to me um a few months after my mom passed and i was like this is the only thing i found that can remotely explain what this feels like and it's like yeah Early on, you know, you feel like you're drowning when the waves come and over time and the way that you can feel through things, um, they get smaller and they get smaller. But then sometime in the future, there might be another, you know, tsunami wave and it's you don't see it coming, but, you you know, you yeah. do what you can and you know that you can get back through it and that you're not going to drown. Um, yeah. But there everybody wants a shortcut. Like, yeah, I want a shortcut. I want a quick fix to get through this and to heal through it. And there will be times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Like I've been able to focus on my work better. I've been able to haven't had like a really depressed day in a while. And then like last Wednesday, which had no significant date associated to it whatsoever. I woke up and I was like, damn, I'm so sad today. Like I'm yeah. like, like, it's hard to focus on work. It's hard to, and normally in the past, I would just be like, all right, I'm going to like try to bulldoze through this and focus on work and do things that distract me. Or, and I don't think it's bad to surround yourself with people and make plans with friends or to do anything like that. But there are some times when I'm like, okay, you need to just sit in this. Cause like yeah. you said, you can't go around it. You can't go over it. You can't, you have to go through it. Yeah. And ultimately, that's gonna even though in the moment it's a lot harder than it would be to fill in with those distractions or to try to just push it down or push around it in some way, but you have to go through it and then giving yourself the grace in those moments, it's so important. I think we're all so hard in ourselves, I think maybe especially like in our in our generation um like we're very we're very hard on ourselves, we hold ourselves to a high standard or yeah. we don't want this thing this these types of things to affect us like so dramatically, but it's okay that they do, and it's okay yeah. to oh no i was it was, was about to be so cliche like it's okay to not be okay or whatever that is yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: but it's, true. it's it is true um and i I found. When I am in those moments, I'm so thankful for this support system that I have of friends where typically this is something like I would just keep in. I wouldn't tell anybody, even if I was just like depressed at home or something, I wouldn't tell. And now I've just really found that even if I just text a friend or somebody just to tell them, like, I don't need them to do anything, but if I vocalize it a bit, it helps me work through it rather than just sitting in it and i i'm an overthinker and yeah. so sitting in it and like stewing in it and just being like am i ever going to get out of this or you know you, you just your mind can take you to some crazy places so it's like just vocalizing it or journaling about it like getting it out yeah. like physically in some manner has been yeah. huge for me because it like could eat me up on the inside yeah
1: yeah yeah, I completely agree. I think like, you know, whenever, like I was going through, you know, losing my dad initially, it was like when we were in college. So I feel like I had the benefit of being around people 24 seven, because I lived in a house with 47 girls, like, you know, so was that my, yeah, our sophomore year. So you're living there too. Sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we and then here. Like, even though I had a similar experience with you, like at the beginning where I was like distracting myself constantly, but that wasn't by, like, I don't know. I feel like that was just by default because I was there around all these people. And I, then I was feeling this like nasty, like, like lethargic feeling that I didn't know how to get out of. I didn't, like, I had this brain fog. I couldn't focus. I didn't know why. Like, I always was tired. And then I was like, hmm, like maybe... <laughs> maybe I'm, you know, running myself into the ground and not like focusing or addressing like what's really upsetting me. And like, just looking at the past, like X amount of months of just constant activity being around people all the time, which was great. In the fact that I had, like you said, like a support system of people that I could like talk to and like process it with constantly. um, And in a way, it was like nice being out of the environment that you know, like where my dad lived with my mom and and being able to like process it separately. But I think like leaning into that support system, like, I think we're seeing a wave of this now where it's like, people are being more authentic online and not saying you have to go and air your feelings out online. But like, I think people are coming to this realization that it's like, if you are just like yourself and and vulnerable and honest about how you're feeling, like, it's a huge way to actually like connect deeper with people and see like how people can show up for you in a way that you like didn't really realize was possible. Like Mm -hmm. my therapist even gave me this, um, this like practice to go and like open up to a a new friend and like see how it went around about things that like I was shameful about Mm -hmm. and just like see how it goes. And I did. And the friend was like so nice about it. And we just like connected even more. And so it really made me realize that like I can be more comfortable with opening up about the things that I'm like really sad about or shameful about or whatever it is. And the people that are really, really meant for you are like are going to be there for you long term or like going to actually see you and hear you and and be there to support you in ways that you like didn't even like fathom they could be.
0: Being
2: open like people, nobody can read your mind either. And so you can't expect them to know what you need or when you need it. And I remember early on you asking me, oh, my God, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> you asking me, like, what do you need? And I was like, I just I need you to, to te- like, just check in with me daily. Like, I might not respond, but I just mm-hmm. need you to shoot me a text or give me a call and just be like, just checking in to see how yeah. you're doing. Because I know myself that I know I would not reach out at that point in my life I, I'm different now even though eight months isn't a crazy amount of time like no. i have I'm different I'm very different in that from that point of I I would not have reached out to anybody I would have just you know kept it in and I knew that I I needed that and I so I appreciate you so much for for doing that and helping me just vocalize things and not keep it all in because i don't know yeah, where yeah. i would be if i did but i definitely would not be in the place that i am now um and i mean that in like i am happy where i am now i'm really happy for, for the most part like you know we all have our days um but i'm i'm proud of myself for, yeah. for the work that i've been putting in to continue to to move forward. But I don't know if I would have gotten there if in the beginning stages, like I didn't, I wasn't vulnerable with people and I wasn't open about these are the, you know, the hard things or I'm having a really bad day or I'm also going through this at the same time, which is, I know that's very broad, but yeah, so I just, it's being able to be vulnerable with the people and not being scared. Yeah. And so it's, it's okay to be scared, but like, what's the worst thing that can happen? They don't yeah. respond the way that you maybe have would have wanted them to, or maybe they're mean back to you. All right. That just clears up. Know. That just <laughs> clears it up for you that you know that that's yeah. not somebody that you want in your life long-term or that you know that you can lean on. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it can be a hard thing to do. So it's yeah. okay to ask your friends to help you, like help pull that out of you too, if it's not something you're really ready to go and do yourself either.
1: Yeah, I know. And I think like, I mean, (laughs) like, I think that certain people process or like are there for their friends or their loved ones in different ways. Like my way of being there for people now, like knowing what I know and experiencing what I've experienced is just like showing up, like kind of like not asking for permission because it's like, like, people who are grieving, they don't have time, I think, to think about what they want or who they want or, like, what they need around them. They just, like, need you to be there so that, like, if they need you, they, that you're there. Or, like, you know, like, don't... I don't know. At least for me, I didn't really want space. Like, certain times, I definitely needed it. But... I think that like being around people and just like showing up and just being like, here I am, like here, like here I am mm-hmm. is like the best thing to do. And like not to ask a lot of questions, just to like pick up where you can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know. I I don't know if that's like a, a good piece of advice for everyone, but I feel like at least that's how I wanted people to show up. hmm. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is like has someone that's in their life that's lost someone and like how to, how to comfort them? It's a great question.
2: And I think it's so individual, right. On what people need at, at different times throughout the whole process. Um, I think showing up in little ways, like, you know, just showing up and not expecting anything from them. Like you don't, if you go there to be with that person either physically or on the phone or even texting, like just,
1: just like sitting with them and like not expecting them to have any certain energy or yeah, like yeah, to be entertained that day. Like just being in their presence
2: and being really patient with them too, I think is important. There was, you know, I, I did deal with, unfortunately, like the guy I was dating at the time, wasn't patient with me and my grief. And that like, really, that really hurt. And I don't think everybody's like that. And I I don't, like it's, it's a hard thing to deal with too. So I'm not putting any blame on anybody. Yeah. But there's no, you know, a lot of people don't know what to do with somebody who's yeah. kind of in that moment and like really deep in it but just being patient um with them at all of the moments that they have because there will be like i i personally i had like manic depressive like all the gamut of all the emotions and they would come like pretty quick too um yeah. so just kind of rolling with them um, where wherever right. they are and not trying to push them to be, oh, we got to get yeah. you out of the house or vice versa. Or like, I mean, obviously if they're doing, you know, self-destructive behavior, yeah. You want to talk to them about that as a good friend. Yeah. Don't send flowers.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You can send flowers. I get a lot of flowers. Maybe don't include that. But I think even <laughs> like just like little acts of service to see what they need because- Everything is so exhausting, like every little thing, I think in the, in those early stages, um, it's cleaning is exhausting laundry, like cooking. It was eating, like everything was so exhausting for me. And so just having, if anybody came over and was just like, without judgment, like, let me help you do this or just like those little acts of service things. Yeah. Um, I think just help them clear their head a little bit because that, you know, I'm, that still has space in their head of like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. Right. So help kind of take one thing off their plate that they can. I do think as like a friend, it's smart to maybe like write down or like set a reminder for like maybe dates that might be triggering um, totally. to check in with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That can be, you know, specific to different people. But
1: yeah, or like Mother's Day, birthdays. Yeah, yeah like those,
2: those types
1: of days. And that
2: doesn't mean, you know, by no means, I know you feel this way about like a Father's Day, for example, and Mother's Day, like I want everybody to celebrate
0: right. their moms
2: on Mother's yeah. Day. Like I I don't want any, anybody to ever feel like scared to be like, oh, Mother's Day or around me or anything right. like that. Um, right. So I think part of it too is even like not changing the way that tiptoeing tiptoeing around yeah Yeah. that was one thing i found challenging in some some scenarios of when people look at you like
1: you're the girl without the the girl
2: whose mom died the girl whose dad died yeah that doesn't make me feel great (laughs) like you know having that that label on it or that kind of like weird shift but again i never looked at it as oh that i blame that person for the way that they acted like it's such a weird place to navigate for everybody involved that yeah. there's no like judgment or negative feelings about people.
1: Um yeah. definitely. It's like you can see the look on people's faces when they've like said something that they like maybe feel like they shouldn't have or I don't know. I well I remember when it first when this first happened um <laughs> with like my dad I went home for the funeral and I like went to I think like a hockey game or something like that. Um that was, like, just ending. It was, like, my friend's little brother, little stepbrother. And we were, like, going either to, like, pick him up or... I don't remember really what it was, but I was there for the funeral. And I walked in, and I saw a couple of people I used to do theater with. <laughs> and they were, like, oh, Delaney, Delaney, what are you doing home? And I was, like, oh, I'm here for my dad's funeral. He just died or something like that. Like, was not fucking around. <laughs> they were, like, stunned. Like, had no idea what to say. Yeah. But, um, Like... I I don't know. I feel like that's that's an anomaly. But there are times where it's just like, I want to talk about my dad. And I don't know if you feel this way as well, but like, I want to talk about him without people flinching or feeling weird. And I want people to talk about their dads and not feel weird. And I want people to also ask me things about my dad or talk about my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like my friends from like growing up in college are good about bringing it up or like, you know, either bringing up memories or asking questions or like not being afraid to like talk bring up the subject and I think that is that that's something that I've heard from a lot of people who have gone through losing a loved one is like don't be afraid to talk about them because we want to keep them alive and we don't want it to be weird because they are still our our dad mom brother sister whatever Mm -hmm. like they're still those people in our lives and we don't want people to feel like they can't bring that up because we want to still keep them alive in our in our lives in a way
2: having people actively ask about them and ask about, you know, not tiptoeing around that. And again, I know it's weird for people, if especially if they've never gone through it, to be honest, it was, I don't want to say weird for me. Like with you, I felt very comfortable talking about your dad or asking about your dad before my own experience with loss. Um, But with people that I maybe I wasn't as close with because you don't, you don't know them and you don't know, but I will say, yeah, it's, it's refreshing when people ask me, Without this kind of like, right? Jump scare or yeah, like this this flinch, like you said, or this kind of, oh, they want to change the subject or or or
1: me or you type of like
2: yeah, like the victim mentality. Uh, Nobody wants
1: like how are you or like you know or something like that.
2: Yeah, when people just genuinely ask you about like a memory you had with your parent or you know whoever you lost or just really nice stuff and just be prepared for yeah if that person they might break down and start crying but that's not a bad thing like yeah. it's not a bad thing if they start crying and it's okay and that means they feel comfortable around you too to cry yeah. um there've been people at work who've come up and asked me stuff and that it'll just be one of those days and I'm in the office and I'll start and I'm like an, I don't like to cry around people that I'm not close with I'm getting better at that because I don't care as much anymore <laughs> if I do or not. But I'll cry in the office and I'm like, whatever. Like, I feel, you know, you feel a little almost like oh, sigh of relief, sigh after of like, wow, I just got some of that out and that felt good, even though I'm a little emotionally yeah. exhausted, like a little t- tired now. Like, it's it is a relief in a way. Yeah, those small questions where people are just comfortable with asking you about things um related to that person is really it's comforting.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I know that you kind of touched on it or like mentioned a little bit but since you know it is still very fresh and I feel like you're in the kind of the beginning of this whole journey and in a way you probably will be for a while but I know that like this happening in your life this year has brought on a handful of other changes and like ways that you've kind of had to like tune into yourself and figure out what you really want for your life. So can you, you don't have to go into specifics, but like, can you tell a little bit about like what it's been like kind of having to almost like heal and simultaneously like make changes in your life for the better? Because I feel like when things like this happen in our lives, it just makes us like want to drop all of like the bullshit, the excess weight in our lives. Like, any of the things that aren't suiting us or serving us anymore. And like, it, it almost makes us like tune into what's real and what's important in life. So like, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like this past year, kind of just like having to maybe make changes and um, alongside your healing?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. What you said is spot on. It was one thing I did want to talk about, um, but the way you just heated up is perfect. Of You're kind of, perspective shifts a lot when you go through a loss like that. Um, and I think for the better, it does shift. Like that is one thing that I do take away as something that I never really want to forget in life. Right. Like that, the small shit, it's okay. Or like, if you didn't like how that person responded to your answer, like it's okay. And this is a little bit different and I'll come back to the the change thing, but that's one thing that at least like I've been talking about with my therapist about like, I am writing down every single thing that has kind of happened to this year. That's been a huge, cause this year has been like, I, I could write a book on this year to be <laughs> honest, like the amount yeah. of stuff in 2023 that has happened for, for good and bad things, good things, just everything in the kitchen sink pretty much has happened. Yeah. And remembering like grounding myself in my perspective on what am I going to let kind of like pull me down and what is something you know you can I can brush off or I can learn from it's just my perspective has shifted so much ever since going through this loss um and I and I I like that because I not that I don't care as much but there are things where I would have, you know, stress about or anxiety about where I'm like, you know what, that's, it's okay. It's all right. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna figure it out. And I also know kind of after going through and being very actively in this grief journey, I know that I can get through anything. And like, I believe that to my core Um, after, you know, getting through everything with the loss of my mom and being a caretaker. And then we talk about the change of what happened this year. Um, I think leading up to the loss or no, I know leading up to the loss of my mom, just kind of, when you get into your, your later twenties, you really things just start to kind of click in your brain. It's a beautiful yeah. thing where you really, you, you kind of just come into your own and this might not be a universal experience. Um, I'm sure that there's some science to back it up. Do I have that? Sure. Don't, but you, <laughs> <laughs> You things really start
1: uh, to chime in,
2: yeah, <laughs> drop it in the comments. Um, but you really understand kind of who you are, or you really start to develop into who you are and who you might want to be. And that is something that can always change throughout life. You're never stuck in this. This is who I am, and this is who I am forever. I think that's a beautiful yeah. thing about life, and the you know, the, the autonomy that we all have over our own lives. But there were just a lot of things in my life that as I personally, you know, grew grew up into myself and really found myself that also just weren't aligning um, as hard as I was trying to make them and as hard as I wanted them to be. Um, So I but then my focus really shifted towards my mom and taking Mm -hmm. care of her. And it was a very much like I've used this phrase before as we've been talking about that kind of like survival mode thing. I have to put all my time and energy is focused on her and what, how we're going to do this and taking care of her. And then the after of, okay, we're going to do funeral. We're going to figure out stuff. There's still honestly so much stuff that like my brother and I have to figure out and that's okay. We'll get to it. But then when that kind of all settled and I got back into okay let me focus on me and I understand now even after the loss even more so that like life is short Mm -hmm. and you have to make the decisions that are right for you you have to trust your gut always like you're your body, your mind, it is telling you what you already know the whole time. You can try to go to a 100 different people and get their perspectives and get their opinions.
1: What I do. Yeah.
0: What?
2: Yes, exactly. What is in your this to sound a little woo-woo, but what's in your heart, what's in your brain like it's You know, you know yourself better than anybody like, you know, what's the best decision for you, even if you don't necessarily want it to be true or want that to be the reality. And you have to follow that. And I'll tell you that that's one other thing over this past year that I've really worked on and continue to work on, like tuning into my own intuition and like cutting out some of the noise because I just as our society is, there's noise everywhere. And there's opinions everywhere and this is you know you even think about social media i work in social media for a career like i'm a big fan of it but there are (laughs) thank you so much for my job work yeah (laughs) don't go away at least for now but there are so many things of this is where you should be this is how you should be this is who you should be this is what you should have but cutting out all of that and tuning into what who am i what do i want what do i need that has really been like the biggest think, game changer into my own like my self discovery, um, being able to to make these really hard decisions that have changed you know my life and my future like have dramatically changed things and right. with a with a breakup and with moving and just really focusing on, okay, what, where do I want to grow and putting that time and energy into myself has been one of the most challenging, but one of the most beautiful things that has come out of this year. Yeah. I, I talk about the highs and lows of this year. And I think one of the, the highs is really, you know, I, I trust myself and I, you don't have to do everything alone. You don't have to be miss independent all the time like kind of dropping that too but like you know what is best for you and being able to cut out the noise and be guided by that is truly when a lot of these good things open up and come into your life and when I tell you the the incredible friendships that have been there but have just grown over this year and new friendships that have come in and new relationships that have come in that are like unlike anything I'd ever dreamed of. That has been, I think, from, you know, really focusing on myself and the energy that comes out of that and the energy that you have to build those and to build, you know, things you're focused on in your career and your family. Like, it's just been a really cool thing. But I think change is something that's scary to so many people. And when I tell you the anxiety and the stress and the sleepless nights that I had, that that ate me up from you know some of the bigger change decisions that I had to make for myself, I still really struggle with feeling some sort of like a, a guilt or a like i i really do i i'm working on it a lot in therapy um when it's you know choosing what's best for you isn't isn't a bad thing as long as you're right. not going about it in a malicious way um right. and i was just I, I so
0: like
2: taking care of other people or putting other people's needs first and putting all energy into that and when it was finally like okay whoa I can embrace this change. We can all get through anything. There's there's a solution to anything. It's what I always say. My mom always said it. I say it now. Like you can, you can make anything happen. You just have to. I don't know what you have to do, but you can make it happen. So I was like, well, that's not. You can't give a blanket advice for what you have to do to make change happen, right? But I think the number one thing is listening to yourself and trusting yourself and saying I know I got this this is going to be hard as fuck like it was hard it was one of the hardest two of the hardest things that have ever happened to me in my entire life happened within
1: a few months of each other
2: a month of each other almost yeah. almost exactly yeah. like a month of each other yeah. and then much, yeah. even moving you know moving in on my own and just kind of while grieving I'm sure Absolutely. while deeply grieving yeah and having just these It was so much to navigate, but I was like, I'm going to take one step forward. I'm going to do, you know, chip away at whatever I need to, to make it happen. And if I can't, and I need to just grieve, I will. And everything's going to be there the next day. And that's okay. Like, Yeah. And so it was, yeah, just really trusting that I could do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that was that perception, kind of shift that I gained over the past year of life is short. Like we have, you have to do what's best for you and what your intuition and what you what you know is best for you.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's like, you know, hopefully we both live long lives. But in the you know in the event that we don't, it's like it is a short term sacrifice. Mm-hmm. for a long-term reward like and like you're kind of saying earlier it's like you can't have the energy for the things and the people that are right for you if you're putting energy into the things that aren't
0: mm-hmm. and there
1: comes a point where like you can no longer fake that because it's taking so much of your energy and I feel like it's like yeah you you, you go in knowing it's gonna hurt like hell but it's like what's worse this like short-term immense pain for like a long-term reward of being around the people that lift you up and being in, in the, in the situations, whether it's the career, the relationship, the, you know, the move, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like those like great things that are ahead of you are going to feel so much better because like, you know, that they're, they're what's, what's meant for you.
2: Yeah. That's so well said. It's, remembering the bigger picture and the goal and the you know even now eight months to seven months later between two big things i do look back and i'm like there was a point where i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do all this like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get through all of this Uh, i just i don't know i have no idea but i'm like i i have to there's really no other choice and now i wish i had kind of told myself And I had other people tell me this of like, it's going to you're going to
0: look back and realize that like this is a shorter term challenge.
2: But in the long run, you will be so happy and you'll be so, you know, just kind of at. I'm still not at peace with a lot of things, but I'm working on it, you know, and yeah. I, I feel still I do I do feel a sense of peace and like a sense of relief and excitement and like yeah, it's that short term challenge for the long term gain yeah. um of going where you really want to go. And like you said, that's that's what's like the transferable thing when you're talking about change. It's yeah. and you can kind of look at it, depending on what it is, you can look at it as you know what is this this come on you're the star of the show you look at it as a little plot twist
1: right doing it for the plot (laughs) like like that and that i think is like one of the not to get like kitschy but like it it is like one of the biggest things that i'm in my life i experience is trying to like please other people and think about externally like what's gonna make everyone else happy or what's gonna like benefit other people or you know if I make a decision that's like for myself it's going to impact other people negatively but like tuning back into the fact that like this is your life and you have to like put yourself first in a lot of ways and like sometimes yes it is going to hurt people but that doesn't mean that like you're a bad person or you meant to hurt them on purpose like if you are like doing something for yourself and it's not mean-spirited and it's genuinely Something that you know you need to do, then, like, but like, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, and that is a practice, not for everyone. I feel like some people are better than, at it than others, maybe, but I do feel like it is such a practice to like focus, like focus on yourself and, and like not think about the consequences or like what other people, I mean, of course we have to think about our consequences. Like you can't just go like punching people. Yeah. You can't just go
2: say, fuck it. And, (laughs) but I think that's, sorry, we want to, but it's a practice. It's hard. And especially as women too, we have just been kind of raised, whether that is from, you know, direct things from, from parents or just from society in general of, and it's okay to be nurturing and looking out for mm-hmm. other, focusing on other people, but oftentimes like focusing on yourself and what you need, like that's back burner, right? Like that, that shouldn't be. Right. Priority. Um, and so it's breaking yeah. that. And that's been hard for me. And yeah. it's, it's so empowering to finally come into that and to yeah. embrace that. But I think an important thing that's a differentiator between that is what you said, And what I've said before about, it can't, it's it's not malicious. You can't be malicious about that. You can't be like, what's the, it's all over TikTok, like um, villain era, like that, whatever. That's fine. That's fun. But like, you can't be out here trying to villainize other people. I know that's taking that term to an extreme and it's not meant for that. But even if some of the decisions you make that, that you know in your heart they it has to happen and other people, you know, might get
0: hurt. You're not give yourself a break. Like Yeah. You you're not responsible for everybody's
2: emotions, especially if maybe if they had something kind of to contribute to the decision that you ultimately had to make. Yeah. Um give yourself a break and yeah. give yourself grace because We're all just figuring it out and, you know, you might figure out something and just know you need to make that decision and that's okay, but allow yourself to really think about what's best for you and what do I need to do to get there? Um, And it's it's a hard thing to do, but continuing to practice that I think is really important as we grow up.
1: Yeah hopefully it gets stronger because they say in your 30s and your 40s and and so on you stop caring about what people think so much and you know I'm definitely seeing that now and same even for people who like don't care about what people think it's like I just think that you give less and less of a fuck about what's going on externally and you just are like I don't care I'm gonna only do what makes me happy so here's to hoping that that's ahead of us
2: amen um
1: I feel like we need to do a part two because if there's so much that we like did not cover yeah. and just like a whole other aspect of it, because I know that there is like an added layer to this being that, you know, not only like was, did you lose a parent, but like your mom was also sick and you were the caretaker for the majority of that. And, you know, we don't have to get into the specifics of that now, but I think we should definitely do a part two about this down the road. Mm-hmm. but. Before you go, I want to do a few rapid fire questions. And I also want to know before the rapid fire, what makes you feel the most connected to your mom?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Um, thinking back on
2: just memories that we've shared, um, but like really taking the time to like visually remember some of the memories that we've shared. Um, Cause like we talked about it's as you move forward in grief, it's, you know, you can come eventually to a point of acceptance and I know that maybe you, you will have that and then you'll go out of it. It's, it's not linear. So there's no expectation, but you still don't want to forget their memory. Um, so just making sure that I, you know, take the time to, not block that out because it can be easier to block it out yeah and i have voicemails saved thankfully um i honestly have a note a sticky note on my desk right now that i found when i was going through her stuff of a note that she left for my brother and me that she tucked away in a box and this was crazy and this is a tangent story but there were like four boxes left in her house that my aunt took over to her house after we sold it. And uh, a month ago, I finally went to Indianapolis and I told my aunt, I was like, maybe we should just donate these. I don't know, it's just a bunch of like Christmas stuff. And there was something inside of me that was like, you you should go through those boxes. Even if you just take everything to Goodwill after you go through it, like you're not gonna have some, there's something telling me I have to go through it and the last box i opened i found that note from her and immediately started crying and i'm like oh my gosh like it's just i knew i had to go through these but just like looking or like embracing those little things that remind me of her um like there are some signs i think that's a different conversation too but just yeah really like sitting in the memories of it Yeah, even like tulips tulips right tulips and then the butterflies too a later one that came out of nowhere and so now i have my tulip
0: tattoo and then and my butterfly tattoo
2: um so just those little things are reminders and that's why i got them tattooed on me (laughs) because i didn't want to forget but yeah just you know kind of just being open to little signs and, but not outwardly looking for them. Like every time I see a tulip or a butterfly, I'm not like,
0: that's my mom,
2: (laughs) but there are times when you, and it might be the mindset that you're in, or if you're spiritual, it might be something, you know, along those lines, but just kind of, just being open to that. um, Yeah there are just those there are those little things everywhere that serve as yeah. reminders um that can make you feel different ways but yeah just you know, kind of like tuning into those when you can
1: yeah yeah absolutely i agree with all of that i mean obviously i have different things that make me feel connected but i love that all right are you ready for a couple of rapid fire questions yeah okay doc no. sure fire away. what is your favorite comfort show. Maybe
2: the Kardashians.
1: <laughs> I keep up. I keep up baby. I love that. <laughs> I love the way you answered that. Okay, I love that. Um okay, then what the next question is what's your what's your guilty pleasure? So like think think about your guilty pleasure for like those nights where you like are feeling pretty like you're having a down day. You're feeling shitty. You're like I just need X Y and Z. Like what are those things with your guilty pleasures?
2: Probably Watching a movie that I've already seen before. So something like that's a total like comfort, easy movie. So whether like The Devil Wears Prada is one of those for me or like a Disney movie, like something really like positive or like comfortable. And then ordering takeout and cuddling with my dog on the couch and maybe taking an edible.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, (laughs) Eating a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe having a, a
2: little bit of wine but just one of those yeah like self-care uh, that's, I don't even want to call that self-care because that's not in that realm but just one of those moments where you can just kind of like shut your brain off and chill and mm-hmm. maybe have like girl, a girlfriends over or something where you can totally just like kind of veg out because I feel like I'm always so go 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 I really struggle to sit down and just like lay on the couch and be lazy as hell and so letting myself do that it can always be like a nice little guilty pleasure moment
1: okay you ready for the last question <laughs> yes <laughs> okay what how would you describe yourself if you were the main character of a movie of your own life
2: of my own life of my like, own a, like your life
1: was a movie and you were describing yourself I would as describe
2: myself as ambitious, fun, funny. I think I'm funny. (laughs) Um, A really caring friend and sister and daughter. Someone who isn't scared to take risks and isn't scared to confront things, um, whether that's a person or a situation. And adds a little bit of spice and fire to scenarios.
1: Are you an Aries? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Sure
2: am, <laughs> sister. Um, yeah, bring that Aries energy <laughs> wherever I go. So 100%. I think those are a couple of things. But, you know, I feel like I'm the, main, I'm the main character of my life. But there's lots of life left to be had. So it's very exciting.
1: I would agree with all of that. Um, okay, um, and you know what I was thinking about when you were a- answering that question is what? when we were in the Sigma Capital or, or yeah the recruitment video or whatever, and you were like, "It's all one hyphenated word." It's all one long hyphenated word. <laughs> and I remember walking video. away from that like, "What the hell did I
2: just say?" <laughs>
1: Danny answered a question in an interview for our recruitment video and was like describing our sorority. And she's like listed all these different words. She goes, it's all one long hyphenated word. <laughs> and with that, folks, Danny, thank you so much for being an awesome, amazing, kind, open, vulnerable, strong, one hyphenated word girly and guest. I love you and come back soon. We need to do a part two for sure.
2: I love you. Thank love you. you. You are the best. Throw a hyphen on that shit. You're a superstar.
1: Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you are loving the podcast, please, please leave a rating and review and tell others what you're loving about the show. It really helps grow the podcast and helps me create more content for you. If you have suggestions for the pod or questions you'd like me to answer, you can always email staroftheshowpod at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Wednesday.